Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. Hey, Hot breath verse Welcome back to the Hot Breath Podcast. This is the show where you learn comedy from the pros. I am your host, comedian Joel Byers, and we have a very special Hot Breath episode today. One of you are actually the guests. So many of you Hot Brethren and Sistren out there around the world have reached out to me asking about doing Skype sessions or getting set reviews and getting advice and things like that. So this guest today actually scheduled a Skype session and was willing to share it here on the podcast, hoping to help several of y'all out there get a little behind the scenes of the joke writing process and just take away the the fear and maybe some of the self-doubt that we discuss in this episode. So if you find it helpful, please do share it with other comics out there. So many of you shared last week's Type 5 podcast where I was talking about how to finally create a consistent writing habit. So if you haven't listened to that one, go check it out. That one's a super helpful, just five minute, just quick episode to get you going. But if you're interested in scheduling your own Skype session with me or set review, there's a link in the show notes that just says book a session with Joel. It'll take you right to the schedule. Click a date and boom, you're writing new jokes. So let's hop into this one. Thank you so much, all of you, for taking the time you share here with us at Hot Breath. So we're just going to take up no less of your time and get right into today's episode. So without further ado, there's only one thing left to do, and that is inhale a hot breath. I should say this is a comic straight out of Charlotte. I know a lot of y'all out there are in Charlotte, and I appreciate all the support you've done. I actually posted in that five-minute type five that I was going to be offering some set reviews over the weekend for the first 10 people. So many people reached out. Thank you to all of those that reached out and some were from Charlotte as well. So this comic actually, she's been to the show. I headlined at Comedy Zone. She came to Columbia to check, check me headline out there and now she's on Hot Breath. So without further ado, Hot Brethren and Sistren, there's only one thing left to do and that is inhale a hot breath. I want to help you however with Micah. Thank you. Ram. Oh, so let's. I mean, let, let's really jump into it. If you're ready to rock here, Micah. Yeah, I got my books, whatever notes, ready. Very nice. So I'm really open to with like with these Skype sessions. It, it can be more kind of what you're hoping to get out of it as well. So it's like if you're wanting to work on new jokes. Let's do it if you're trying to organize a set, you know, if you have specific questions, I whatever you want to do in this hour, you know, I'm um, kind of open to what you want to do to get the most out of it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I have like a bunch of stuff written down. I mean, a bunch of stuff I've written down, I can probably spend an hour talking, mm-hmm. but my problem is I just can't find good punchlines. So okay. I feel like if I actually told all the stuff, people would just be sitting there in like a story time and like, okay, uh, where's the funny stuff? So for me, it's kind of like funny, like being in a situation and experiencing all this stuff. But then it's like trying to tell it to somebody and actually like adding some punchlines and make it more funny. 
And how, most of us, sorry, go ahead. I feel like most of us is like funny. If somebody was like in a situation with me at the same time, they would probably be laughing. But if I had to like tell it to somebody, and it might not be as funny, but I feel like it's good material that has potential if I add it like. If I like rewrite it in a more funny way, and I don't know. Mm -hmm. How long have you been doing comedy, by the way? Um, maybe maybe half a year. Okay. How often are you performing? Well, I haven't done much recently because mm -hmm. I'm going to start the class, the actual class tomorrow with the Comedy Zone. Cool. So, um, I've just done a couple of open mics here and there. Not really as consistent as I'm hoping to, because I just, I just, I know I should go out more and just, even if my material is still not perfect, just go out and like present it and see what, I, what feedback I can get. But it's just, I don't know, I just need to, somebody actually give me an extra push, like, okay, let's just go and do it. Yeah, well, like classes and doing things like this are a great accountability, like, measurement you know to kind of like oh if i'm doing a class i have to show up every week and have something so it really forces you to create that habit you know and you're you're definitely not alone in trying to think this has to be perfect before i get on stage you know if it's not yeah. if it's not done then i won't go perform but it's really it won't get done until you go perform you know i it's know <laughs> i know <laughs> Perfectionist. It's like, okay, this is not funny right now. And uh, I know. No, I, no, I understand. And we can, we can definitely even talk about the stories you have been working on and things you do want to get ready for the stage and definitely start adding in some punchlines to them. But yeah. I can't I say. Wanna, like, yeah. Yeah. I want to, like, one thing I really like is, like, callbacks. Because mm -hmm. I think they're, like, the most funny thing you can add like having a bunch of callbacks but it's like then I like try to like organize my stories okay what is related to another like if I have a bunch of stories that are like gym related I try to combine all those and try to make a set out of it or if it's a bunch of travel related things just like have like one set about just me traveling and then just like with stuff that kind of like happens or fits or one thing that fits in another story just kind of like make it into a callback mm -hmm. but i just have a hard time like creating good callbacks yeah it's what i would say especially starting out you being six months in is like focus on shorter just quicker jokes like the a story of what i've learned through just developing over 10 years is like a story at the end of the day ends up being like a bunch of individual jokes that get pieced together like a story. But starting out, I was doing one-liners. I was just doing quick jokes. So really, I would recommend, if you have five minutes, instead of trying to do five minutes about travel and then doing another show that's five minutes about the gym, I would recommend making your set about all of those topics and just picking your favorite joke about each of them and just organizing a set that way. Because we all see these like... <laughs> professional storytelling comedians who are talking about one topic for 15 minutes, you know? Yeah. And we think, oh, that's what I'll do. But that's someone who has honed the craft, who understands how to write something that long, 
but it all starts first by how can I make a single joke about the gym funny instead of trying to make this whole huge story about the gym in five minutes? No, what is a 15, 20, 30 second joke about the gym that I can make funny? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. I guess I'm just like trying to be way ahead of myself. Because I like, listen to all these like professional people, and I'm like, okay, I really like the style they use, and then it's like trying to. Oh, yeah. And it's, yeah, I mean, we, that's with podcasts, especially, it, it is like you have the access to these professionals talking about comedy in such like a, a nonchalant way, but it really is like a skill that just takes time and consistency to really develop on stage. Like it's got to be developed on stage. So don't, I, I, I'm glad you have big ambitions and you do think big, but I would say just eat the elephant one bite at a time. So do you have any, are there any jokes about any of those topics? Cause you, it looks like you said you have some stories about things, right? Yes. Um, and have you, have you performed any of these in the few shows you've done? Uh, have you performed any of this stuff? I've done a few of my early jokes, but the ones I've written recently, I have not. Okay. Um, actually, let me go back. Let me see which ones. I did like. <laughs> so you're writing a lot, I can hear. <laughs> yeah, the book, the book is full. It's just like. That's great. That's great. And I usually mean, I have like one story. I have like one story and I write like three pages about it, but I'm like, okay, it's kind of boring. I mean, in the moment it was funny, but then no one would read it or somebody would read it. It's like, okay, not really funny. Um, but I mean, that's, that's the part of comedy people don't get until they do it is they're like, Oh, that was funny at the water cooler, but it doesn't translate in front of a room of strangers, you know? Yeah. It's no, yeah, but that's a normal part of the process. Well, one thing was like when I went like like travel, um, mm -hmm. like like the way I travel, like like I had a couple like things on the airplane that I wrote down, um, like I was kind of like saying like okay, if you're on a plane, it kind of feels like being in a hostage situation because you can't get away. So I figured I could make that like sound something funny like ask the audience like hey have you ever been in a hostage situation mm -hmm. and then start talking about being on a plane and, and then um like having the kids on the plane and how they usually annoy you and then like, last time i was on a plane i was actually ha having a kid, a kid in front of me and i was asleep so i kind of like wanted to make a joke like how about i turn it around and I'm gonna kick the kid every time it falls asleep. Ha! <laughs> I'm gonna get a Instead of the kid getting a minor, I'm gonna get on a kid's nerve because I couldn't sleep anyway. So I was trying to make it like a. I mean, usually it's like things that like I just picked in my mind. Like it's not like I actually kicked the kid, but for comedy, I was gonna like make it into a joke where it's like, okay, this time I'm gonna turn it around instead of the kid annoying me. I'm gonna annoy the kid and kick it in the back of its seat to make it feel like how it actually is being annoyed eight hours at a time being kicked in the seat. Yeah. And you're, so they, it sounds like the, 
the premise is, and are you familiar with what a premise is? Premise of a joke? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty much just like the message of the joke. What is this joke about? Um, like every joke should be able to boil, be boiled down into like a single sentence. So what I'm hearing from the joke so far is that it's, that being on an airplane is like being in a hostage situation. That seems to be the premise of it. Yes. So what we would want to do from there is to actually think about, well, what is a hostage situation? What happens in a typical hostage situation? Which may be, um, it could be, uh, there's torture, there's waterboarding. Um, you're locked, you're locked in a seat, I guess, like you would be on an airplane. Like what was happening when that idea popped in your head that made you think this is like a hostage situation? What are the details of that scene? Yeah, you're pretty much tied to your seat for eight mm -hmm. hours. You can't run away. It's like, you just have to deal with people no matter what it is. Like, mm -hmm. you can't just like, okay, I'll just leave and walk off. It's, you just have to deal. And then I was going to add maybe some funny scenarios that could happen. Like, I don't know, somebody does something crazy or I don't know. I was going to like add something funny. Like what could happen on the plane we can't run away from that also could be funny. Yeah. I mean, the kid thing is funny and I like it because it's personal to you. I, I always encourage people to like put the material through the filter of themselves. And like for me, for instance, like I'm married, so I'll have jokes about marriage. Every married comedian has jokes about marriage. So how can I make my marriage jokes, not just hack and something people have heard before? Well, I have to talk about my personal experience with being married and tell my personal stories with being married and not just some broad observation about being married. So for you thinking that being on an airplane is like a hostage situation, I think you wanting to annoy the kid is like, makes it uniquely you. And I think that is funny. I think, have you tried that on stage by the way? No, I haven't because I just okay. recently wrote it after my last mm -hmm. um, trip when I was on the airplane. So yeah. I guess I could maybe, like, since, since I annoyed a kid in hostage situation, and then I guess annoying the kid, I guess, since you said marriage jokes are unique to you, maybe I can, like, make unique jokes about, like, how I'm not really planning of having kids and then just kind of, like... Exactly. My, my kind of theme. And then so, maybe, I don't know, hostage situation. Yeah, I like... I, and maybe it's... um. Maybe it's evolving from a hostage situation to where like an airplane is like um, birth control or something. It makes you not want to have kids. And what would be that reason? Like, what is a kid doing? Kicking your chair, crying. Or maybe you become that annoying baby on the plane where you're kicking people's chairs and you're crying and screaming. But what actually, what I connect with even more is you saying you don't, want to have kids um that that sounds more interesting of a topic than us trying to figure out how an airplane is a hostage situation i would want to hear more about that decision uh, why why i decided that way or yeah what is i mean what is so clearly i mean i'm not even trying to get philosophically or whatever it's more of like yeah. 
What is no, it about well, kids that annoys you? It could be. And what makes not, you not, not want really, them? It's not really the kids itself. It's more like I don't really see them fitting into my schedule. Nah. Like, the, <laughs> like, like the way I want to, like, <laughs> I mean, I can, I can never say never because things happen, people change, whatever. But, Mistakes are made. People don't. Yeah. I mean, it's more like, <laughs> for me, it's more like, I mean, some people, like, they have kids now and then travel later when they're old. But for me, it's like, okay, right now, I'm like, I just enjoy just traveling, going on these trips. And just, mm-hmm. like, even, like, I could even imagine, like, living in a van and just travel the country, the world. And wow, I just don't see, like, kids fitting into that lifestyle. Where it's like, okay, you have to live in a certain place so you couldn't go to school. I mean, you could homeschool it, but then... You have to spend a lot of time on the kid yourself to schooling and then it's not enough time to focus on the other things. You. So, yeah. It's also... It's not the kids that are like, hey, kids, it's more like they just don't... I just don't see them fitting into the lifestyle. So maybe it's that you, you don't hate kids, you just love yourself. Yeah, you, it's just... you love yourself too much to have kids. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's funny. I mean, what do you? I mean, what do you think about how that's? I, it sounds like you, right now, you don't have time to have kids, is what I'm hearing you say. So it is like, what are you doing with your time right now, and how would a kid ruin that? You said traveling. Uh-huh. Anything else? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like traveling on a regular basis. Like, like the last year, I left the country like almost like every other month, and just oh. like on road trips. Um, I mean the comedy stuff. It's like okay, I have a full time job, and then if I do like open mics and classes, I'm like usually never home. Like even my friends tell me like, oh, you you like never home, and they like have a hard time trying to like schedule something with me because I'm always somewhere and traveling doing stuff mm-hmm. so it's just do you have and then to... kids? yes okay but then usually what I, what I see I mean not not all friends are like that I mean but I feel like 80% of those friends are like okay as soon as they have kids they kind of like break up the contact with you and then you can't really hang out with them that much anymore. And they're like, oh, no, I got to stay home. I got to find a babysitter. And then mm-hmm. it just they just turn into a completely different person. And I just feel like I don't want to turn into that boring person that <laughs> always has to stay home. And like, no, I can't go. I have kids. And I mean, there's, there are people that take their kids everywhere. Like you go to a brewery and they bring their kid and let it play. But. Most people are just like, no, we got to find a babysitter and we don't want to pay for it. And they just kind of like turn into a homebody and just like, oh, no, I can't. Right. I love that. I don't want to turn into that boring person. I think that's hilarious. Should I should I say that? I think, yeah, I think that's a funny line. The, the two lines that really stuck out to me so far were like, I don't see kids fitting into my schedule and I don't want to turn into that boring person. And I'm, I'm also re- recording this, so I'll be sure to send you the audio too if you want to 
Okay. Yeah, definitely yeah, take notes write and notes. write down ideas for sure. But I'll I'll also um, send this to you for future reference. Um, yeah, this yeah okay. So see now we're now we're getting into Micah now and not um just a, a random observation. But now we're getting into like who you are, what your opinion is, where you are in your life. So just in the past few minutes. We've already learned about um, that you travel a lot, which I think there's a lot that can be done within that world and that material and that idea. But also just you you being a woman who's saying, I don't see kids fitting into my schedule and like that your friends with kids are boring. I mean, that's just that's a unique take on children that I haven't really heard before. So I think I think there's a lot more to that. Okay. So, do you have any pets, by the way? I do. I have one right now. What do you have? A rat. What? Are you being <laughs> serious? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just... See, that's, born... like, that's like my... I mean, Dude. I, I choose my pets based on my schedule. Because <laughs> it's just like with kids. Like, it's just like with kids. You can't leave a dog alone overnight like it doesn't walk itself you have to like non-stop feed it and walk it but with like smaller pets if you keep in cage you can just like give enough food and water and just leave them overnight if you have to go somewhere and next day they're fine but so i picked like the pets based off my schedule like okay what can i leave alone overnight what is fine what doesn't need my attention every four hours oh my gosh what's his <laughs> name or her name Oh, Desdemona. Demona? Desdemona. Desdemona. Yeah. What does that mean? Oh, it's a name from um, from a play from Shakespeare. Oh, I feel so uncultured now that I didn't know that. <laughs> so embarrassed. Well, I, don't, I don't know the play. I just know the name. What what play is it? Because that could be a funny detail. The rat's name is Desdemona. That is so funny. Well, Marker. it's actually it's actually <laughs> based of a song. Oh. Well, the name appears in a song, and then the the person that wrote the song, like I guess, read all the plays about um, Shakespeare. So I just picked mm. up on a song because I was looking for like a not. For an unusual female name. So then the song came to my mind. And I was like, okay, I like that name. There's the... You... This... <laughs> do you... Have you written about any of this before? No. Well, my people always tell me, oh, just write about your pets because they do so much funny stuff. But I feel like reds are not usual pets where people usually were like, oh, and they're like, oh, that's disgusting. So I feel like, okay, people might not be interested in hearing jokes about a rat compared to like a dog or cat. Oh, they would be more interested because of something they've never heard before. So that, that's what we're looking for here is material that's going to be unique to you. And people are going to start being able to connect material to Micah, to you. And that's going to become, that's how, that's how I've been able to, like, I found the best way to connect with an audience is to bring out those unique quirks and those unique points of view and experiences that happen to me personally that's when I found the audience really starts to respond like the more personal you get on stage and a lot of the times 
I'm glad you said that you don't think someone would want to hear about that. A lot of the times, those are the topics that people do want to hear. The ones that your brain is telling you, ah, that's dumb. No one would really want to hear about that. But those are the ones they actually do want to hear about. So you you can see the humor in this, right? You. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's hilarious to me, like, the stuff she Good. does. And it, when I, like, take videos of stuff and post it, and people are like, oh, my God, this is hilarious. But then, you know, like I said, I feel like if I actually stood in front of an audience, they they don't see your ads as, like, common pet so they would be like oh why and no so you you post photos and videos of your pet as well yeah she she does like she she's i mean i never had normal pets all my pets i ever have are crazy or some kind of like what well she she's she's like a hoarder rat like ah. anything, <laughs> anything she can carry she will take into her cage. Like, she takes everything. She takes my nose, my pens, blankets. She tries to pull the clothes off me and try to drag them in her cage. Um, like, I find the weirdest stuff in her cage that she somehow manages to pull in there. And then I, like, give her, like, these big um, cardboard boxes to just, like, use as houses. And then she, like, goes inside the box and just runs around in the room with the box. And all you see is just the box moving across in the room and it's like trying to get it into her cage. And um yeah, and people always people are like some somebody was like, Oh, just just scatter all kinds of items on your floor and then small to big and see how many she will like be able to carry and get in her cage. So actually like I did it in a video that we had like all kinds of stuff on the floor and she would like <laughs> go and one by one she would pick it up and bring it in her cage, go back out, grab the next thing and pick it up. <laughs> People always say like, Oh, she's a hoarder rat and she's she just Where so, did where did you get a rat, by the way? Um what? she was a she she was a she, um She was a rescue pet. No, she was in a classroom. Um I don't know what kind of school it was, it might have been elementary school or something but she was a class classroom pet and then the kids didn't want to take care of her anymore and she was too much work so my friend saw her posted being posted on facebook like somebody trying to find a home for her and um at that time i already had reds before several times so i was like okay i'll take so that's see that i love that so you've had So and my, my pets are spoiled. I mean, she's got her own bedroom, so my pets are spoiled. She has her own bedroom? <laughs> yes. Dude, this is so funny. Please, <laughs> keep, what else? What else about this rat? Um, she has her own bedroom. So this, what it's sounding like right now is that the the rat is a child. Um, you gave it a name. You're posting videos and photos of it as if it is a child. We all know the parent that'll just flood social media with photos of their children so that you you gave the rat a name you pretty much adopted it from like an unworthy family like a family didn't want her so you decided to adopt her the family put her up for adoption you know so you there's even room for a punchline there that it's like uh, i don't want a kid of my own so i adopted a rat and uh, her, I know, don't judge, that's not her name. Her name's Demona, okay? And what? And there could be a pause of like, so I, I adopted, pause, 
uh, a rat. So they're thinking maybe you're going to say, so I adopted a kid instead of just having one, but it's actually the fact that it's a rat and she has her own room. Like, I think there's a lot to play with that. The premise is like that you have a child that is a rat. Okay. I guess I could just talk like, okay, so I recently adopted and then just talk about, oh yeah. And She's a girl, that's her name. She's got her own bedroom. I got it all ready for her. And and I guess at the end, I could just, I don't know, make a punchline saying, oh, it's a rat. I think well, it... Or um, should I mention earlier on? Yeah, I think because since the premise of the joke is that I have a child that's a rat, or like my child is a rat, you want to get the premise out early so then you can start to reinforce that premise and start doing punchlines about that premise. It's kind of like how Chris Rock is probably the most obvious example where with his, he'll, he'll actually say a premise out loud. He'll almost be like, black and white people are different. And then he'll give a couple examples of how they're different. And then he'll say black and white people are different. And he'll give a couple more examples. So he's... He's a good example of a comic who actually just lays out the premise, says it clearly, and so the audience understands what the joke's about, and then he gives punchlines about it. So I think you, going into, pretty much that you, you don't want kids, you know, like, you're not, them not fitting into your schedule is hilarious, and your, your friends that do have kids are boring people, you know, you love yourself too much to have kids. All that stuff is funny. And then I think jumping into the rat thing of like, you know, since, since I don't want to have kids of my own, I decided to uh, take the adoption route. I adopted um, a rat or um, I don't know the wording that a lot of the wording is where stage time comes in, in terms of like how to actually execute like a setup punchline and knowing what actually works or not. But it would be something like, um, so I chose I chose the adoption route, or I didn't want kids of my own, so I adopted a rat, and then just like let a pause be in between. So I adopted pause a rat, and then and then you can go into it's not as it's not as bad as it seems. You know, her name's Demona. She's She's great. She has her own room. I post videos of her all the time. I think now that we set up the premise that you your child is a rat, now it's just thinking of, well, how do people, what do people do with their children that you do with your rat? What is the overlap there? So a good exercise for you to do, are you familiar with a Venn diagram? No. Okay, perfect. So a Venn diagram is like, um, it's like two separate ideas. I wish I, are you, um, are you on your computer? Mm -hmm. is there is there, can you Google it? I think that's going to be the easiest way. And I'll try to explain it, um, as we're looking at it. Um, it's also in the book. Cause I know you got, um, the yeah, comic, the, the comics playbook. It's also in that book yeah. as well. So, thanks for holding it up. Look at you. So, there's a Venn diagram. There's a Venn diagram in there as well. So, so it's just like, is it V-I-N? Uh, V-E-N-N. V-E-N. Oh, a Venn diagram. 
E-E-N-N, yeah. So... Okay, oh yeah, now that I see the picture, okay. I just okay. didn't know that it's called. So it's like you have like all these topics and they all combine yeah. in the center. Yeah, we, it's kind of like a good compare and contrast exercise. And uh, I, be, I think uh, like a, I remember using these in school, but I use them for joke writing all the time now. So it's kind of like having the Venn diagram is actually two circles, but I'll actually do lists where I'll write, let's say your joke, for instance, I would say at the top of a page on the left hand side, write rat. And then at the top of the page on the right hand side, write children. And in the middle, I usually write like um, of uh, verses or the middle column is all the same things. Like what is the overlap of those two topics? So what you would want to do is you'd want to have three columns. The two outside columns are the, the topics. So it would be rat and children. And then the middle column is all the similarities between the two. So I would encourage you to go through the rat column and the child column and the middle column and just write down whatever ideas come to mind. So when you think about children, what comes to mind? When you, when you think about rats and having pet rats, what comes to mind? And then the middle column, fill out all the different overlaps. So an overlap would be you take videos of your, your – um, you take video and photos of your rat like it is a child. Uh, it has its own bedroom. That's another overlap. It has a name. That's another overlap. I pay insurance. Um, say what? I got insurance on here. What? Oh, yeah. I got insurance. <laughs> Dude, that is so... I, I can't claim her as a dependent. That's the only downside. <laughs> that's perfect. Yes. Yeah, write that down. That's hilarious. So, yeah. What else? What else is uh? What else comes to mind? What's uh? What's sparking in the brain over there? Um, Insurance, dependence. I don't have to change your diapers. <laughs> no diapers. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Oh, you know what? Oh, I love where this is growing because it, it could become you're telling people they should have rats instead of children. So it's like, hey, look. I mean, you know, you know, there's no diapers. There's no crying. No, there's no um, food you have to buy. The rat just eats cardboard. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that. No I don't have to pay child care. Yeah, no child care. It doesn't take up your time. That was another one because you didn't want to have kids because of the time thing. So it doesn't take up your time. It doesn't argue with me. <laughs> it doesn't talk back. Yeah, it doesn't say it hates me. That's so good. Uh, what else does a kid do? You have to drive it to soccer practice. Um, oh, okay. Well, I don't have to take it to the vet, but I mean, kids yeah, have to oh, go to the doctor. You have to take it to the vet. Yeah, the kids go to the doctor. Um but the soccer practice is good, I guess. I don't have to buy a um, a soccer mom van. Yeah, you don't have to buy a minivan. <laughs> what else do parents have to do? You can leave it unsupervised. Um, you don't have to cook for it. What do you feed your rat? She's got her own dry food. Mm. Okay. I mean, she does eat veggies and fruits, and if I cook something, I give it to her. Just a little bit. I mean, she pretty much eats anything I eat. 
Like, if she knows I have food in my hand, she wants a bite. Oh, so okay. So you'll feed her like a child almost, too, though. You have a bottle for her? Yeah, well, she she's it's on her attached to her cage, so. Oh, okay. So maybe there's no breastfeeding. That's a that's another um, <laughs> no child labor. So like you know you didn't have to go through labor to have this that destructive child labor. It's a lot cheaper. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Yeah, so you could see how valuable a Venn diagram is. I use it all the time when I find two, two topics that are seemingly unconnected, but when you actually put them through the Venn diagram, you start to see a lot of overlap and a lot of ways to kind of make connections that aren't there on the surface. Oh, I love so that. Should I, so should I combine... Or add in that airplane kind of joke, hostage situation, and then annoying the kid? Or should there be a complete different kind of joke? Yeah, I think, I, I think, I think we can scrap the airplane thing altogether. Because now we're getting to you, and we're getting to your life and your personal story. So I like to challenge myself and other comics to put their material through the filter of, like, what can I say that no one else can say? Like, what, what jokes can I say that someone couldn't steal because it wouldn't, it wouldn't translate the same? So what we have found with you is that you don't want kids, which I think is a very unique angle, unique, and also that you, you have a pet rat. I mean, that's you've had several pet rats, correct, as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like how just calming that was mm -hmm. yep that's that's right yep come from a long <laughs> line of rat parents long lineage <laughs> yeah so i th yeah i think we can scrap the um airplane material i think we really found a new direction so yeah scrap the airplane and let's let's build more towards you and your unique story and your unique quirks which having a pet rat name Desdemona is absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah, are there are there any other questions so far? I don't want to like just keep sprinting mm. out there. I don't want to make sure. No, no, yeah, it's it's just I guess if I tell the story about rats, I guess I mean let's say I, I would do a twenty minute set. I probably wouldn't be talking just about the rat for twenty minutes or. No, 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 no. Like the long. No, no, and it's think, think of um, yeah, think of this more as like a bit than a story. So this may only you may be talking about the rat for like a single minute, and don't yeah, don't even think about twenty minute sets. Like six months in, focus yeah. on getting like a five minute set together, and like how can I pack as many punchlines into that set as possible. And a lot of comedy is in writing a lot and then trying it on stage and only keeping what works. So you may think you have five minutes on this rat uh, rat bit, but then when you take it to the stage, you realize it's uh, 60 seconds or it's 30 seconds. It ends up being just like one or two punchlines and then you move on. But it requires a lot of 
writing and brainstorming to then get to like the jokes worth keeping. Because I, I can say most of my writing sessions don't end in me finding some brilliant new angle or brilliant new bit that's going to take me to the next level. Most of my writing sessions are just the success that I showed up that day and I did the writing. And over time, it will just accumulate, oh, there's a, there's a tag there, there's a punchline there, there's a funny idea up there. But the more you write, the more chances you're giving yourself to find that next great joke. But it's it's a law of averages. Like a lot of comics I've interviewed say one out of 20 jokes they write, they keep. So, so you're, could, yeah, go ahead. So I could use the whole airplane thing as its own bit. Yeah, that can tie into like your travel stuff too. Okay. Um, and what what that could tie into is if you talking about you don't want kids and all that, and then talking about your pet rat, and then when you go into your travel stuff, you could be annoying the kid on the airplane. So, yeah, like, or, you're, or you're could, kicking the chair of the kid. Go ahead. Or I could just talk about, like, how it's acceptable for a kid to nonstop scream, but if I was going to scream for 10 seconds, somebody would come and just tell me to just shut up like how i guess i guess i could make it maybe funny way like how is it acceptable for kids to be that annoying but like compared to me if i was gonna scream or call a stewardess every five minutes how i would be like punished or whatever for it. i don't know if that's no i love i like that idea i like i like the idea of that that could also feed into your resentment of children is that they can get away with things that you never could so yeah. it is like on an airplane, a kid's kicking my chair, and I'm the bad guy. But, you know, if I kick a kid's chair, then, you know, I get kicked off the plane or something. You know, it's, um, yeah, I think there's, I think that's a funny premise that you resent kids because they can get away with more than you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just exploring things kids do that you could never do. So it is, yeah, kicking the chair. Um, I don't know what, what were the other ones you said. Um, kids beg their way into getting what they want, things like that. Yeah, like kids screaming and like if I was gonna scream on a plane, it wouldn't be acceptable compared to a kid. It's just like okay, it's a kid. It gets away. Right. Right. Yeah, I like I like that. Like, I guess I could just say, like, imagine me screaming. Mm -hmm. like, like, if the if the flight attendant brings my food and it's not what I expected, imagine me crying like a little kid. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And then crying about the specific food. It could be like, oh, I hate broccoli. I want more biscotti cookies. So, actually, yeah. a, a lot of humor is in detail. So it is like you crying about the food. Okay, what is the food and why are you crying about it? So yeah, so it's like I couldn't cry with them bringing me the wrong food and you could do an act out where it's like, oh, I hate broccoli, I want biscotti. Or what is, what are those cookies called on Delta? Is it biscotti? Oh, the biscoff? Biscoff. The yeah. Oh, those are the, those yeah. are the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so 
yeah, that's that could be where the food comes in. It's like, oh, I hate broccoli. I want double biscoffs, or I want my biscoffs. You can't do that as an adult, but as a kid, you would get all the biscoffs you want. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe if I just have those two bits somehow in the plane or travel, I don't know, maybe I can like manage to have like a call back coming back from why it's better to have a rat. Or just a funny fact about my rat, build it in as a call back. Yeah, I wonder if there's a way for you to, if the rat, it, okay, the rat is your emotional support animal. Like how people are taking on like, dogs onto planes they're taking mini horses and birds onto planes will you take your rat onto the plane and it could be you crying about wanting biscoffs and and then she's like she's like uh my my rat demona loves them and then she could be like wait you have a rat on the plane and you're like you pull out demona you're like yeah this is my emotional support animal and it has like a little vest on it like those dogs do (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's a way to call it back in there. I know that's that's not the right wording, but I think there is a way to call back that you actually end up having the rat on the plane and it's uh, your emotional support animal. So she, I think she, I think there's room for that, yeah. So going in the, that direction, I never know, like, like people always say, oh, don't make it too ridiculous to where people know, okay, it has never happened. Um, cause my rat would never be on a plane wearing a little vest, but I guess I could make it sound like it, but it's like, okay, how far, how far should I go making up stuff to where people still think it's funny or they're like, okay, this is totally like made up or nonsense. I never know like how far I should go. Cause I listen to some comedians and I'm like, okay, this is made up for sure. I mean, it's funny and it's hilarious mm-hmm. and I know it's made up, but it's not, too ridiculous to where it's still funny. That's a great question. And the biggest rule of thumb is you can get absurd as you want as long as it's grounded in reality. So it has to start from a place of truth before you can get absurd with it or the audience won't believe you and they won't go there with you. But you talking about the fact that you have a pet rat named Demona that has her own room that you post videos of, like that you treat like your biggest prize possession, the audience is going to believe that you also took it onto the plane and that you got a little um, therapy animal vest for it and all that. They're totally going to believe that. Okay. if the yeah, if if the rat has its own room, it probably has its own emotional support vest as well. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's funny because it's absurd, but it's also funny because it's still like believable. Like it's like, well, she she has it. She gave the rat its own room. She may actually take it on the plane with her. You know. But that is a. I mean, that is a good question. I think a lot of comics struggle with. Is like how absurd can they get? And it is like it's just got to be grounded in truth. And then from there you can kind of build whatever you want. You know, I have a joke about um, not paying off my loans until the government pays off theirs. And like yeah. student debt's over a trillion dollars. You bet on the wrong horse, Sally. 
You know, you can't catch us all. But it's grounded in me talking about going to college and like talking about student loans and things like that. So it's I, I, I paid back my loans. But for the sake of the joke, it's like, no, I would never. Not until the government pays theirs. But yeah. it's grounded in like a, a truth. So you can get absurd as you want, but you've got to base it in truth first. Okay. So I have like the build up before and then. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think uh, you talk, you talking about um, like you not wanting kids and your pet rat first and then doing the airplane thing after it will help set that up. Okay. Because you having the rat on the plane is a callback within itself just from a, like a, a topic standpoint. So it'll get a laugh just the fact you have the rat on the plane. Yeah. And okay. then you feed it Biscoffs. That's a good parent, by the way. Oh, I could say it's my rat's favorite treat. Oh, right. Yeah. Biscoff. Mm -hmm. Biscoffs. <laughs> it's, and yeah. you, what do you think of that? What do you mm -hmm. think of uh, what we have so far here? How are you feeling? It's actually pretty good. From, yeah. from having something that, where I was like, nobody wants to hear that, it actually turned into a pretty funny story. Yeah, and you, you talked about you had multiple rats as well, right? Yeah. So you've had, you only have one right now? Yes. Okay, but you've had several rats in your past. I think there's a lot, uh, <laughs> I think there's a lot to explore there, Micah, <laughs> that people want to hear. It's funny and it's unique to you, and I think people really want to hear it. What is, what comes to mind to you now that we've, gotten into that topic and you realize that it is actually funny and people do want to hear it what's what are some other topics that come to mind where you seemingly may think no one cares or it doesn't matter but now hey maybe i should start writing about something else about myself you mean outside the rat story yeah outside the rat story i mean i guess i could just talk well i do have a lot of like not a lot, but I do have like some stories about like the races I ran and then mm. what I experienced during those races or afterwards, like stuff that I didn't know existed. Um, like, I guess, um, when I, when I was, I was just going to talk like about running the half marathon and then at the end I found out about a thing called the runner's toe, which I didn't know was the thing, and I learned about it afterwards. I don't know if you experienced it from running. Mm -mm. But what is it? Actually, well, they call it the runner's toe, and it actually, I felt like it was unique to me, but it's actually a real thing because I reached out to other runners, and they're like, oh, yeah, it happens. So it's pretty much, if you, if you run longer distances, and then I guess if you don't tie your shoes the right way, I mean, I do have running shoes, but it can happen from the impact of on your toes from running a really long distance, on the impact will it will affect your toes and your nails. So one of my toenails just started turning black and mm. it just stayed like that. And then people say like, oh yeah, it happens. And then people comment on, oh yeah, I only have seven of my original toenails because of running. And I figured maybe I can make that into a funny bit where I tell people like, to stay away from running because of the things that could happen to you. Whoa. Like that. 
No, I had never heard of that. Runner's toe. Hmm. So what is runner's toe? I'm trying to think. So, yeah, how can we make that uh, funny? Because I, I, I like it's interesting. I like learning about you. Anytime I watch a comic, I'm always thinking about what am I learning about them? You know, what what material is like personal? So you liking to run is a fun fun fact about you. I'm just trying to think of what would be funny about runner's toe. Um, hmm. I'm just trying to think well, of maybe what... Just make a, maybe just make a bit about not just running, but like the workouts and exercises I do uniquely to me besides mm-hmm. running. Yeah, yeah. So you exercise a lot. Like I do, I do running and then I do... Aerial, which pretty much messes up your body a lot too. Like you get bruises, you get cancers on your hands. Maybe, maybe just make like a bit out of how how sport is bad for you. Like everybody always says, like oh. sport kills you. And then pretty much all activities that I do do hurt my body in a way, not in a bad way, but it's just like not. A pleasant kind of pain. Like you have bruises, you lose your toenails, you have your hands full of calluses, just like from all the different things I do. Maybe. Oh, so maybe I, I was just thinking. Um, uh, like they say, running helps you lose weight, but they don't say where. And it's like I lost all my toenails, and like, or I lost a toenail, so I'm I'm down five ounces. Like soak it in, you know. So running's going great. Um, I'm not actually familiar with what aerial is, though. It's um, we've probably seen it at like circuses or fairs, and it's, it's like different types. One type is like where people like um, have like those fabric straps, and then they do acrobatic poses on them, like climb them oh, up. Okay. Um, and then there's trapeze, which you've probably seen people on a trapeze doing mm-hmm. all kinds. Of- Fun stuff, and then I do Lyra, which is pretty much a metal hula hoop hanging up in the air, and you just do all kinds of funny stuff on it in the air, which causes you a lot of bruises on your body from being like from all the impact of the metal ring on your body. Like, like I always come home have bruises all over, and people are like, "Oh, who beat you up this time?" I'm like, "Oh no, it's just huh. <laughs> just area." <laughs> And then you end up, after a year in now, you just end up with, like, permanent calluses on your hands. So, I guess I can make it funny sounding like, oh, yeah, I don't have the usual, like, soft, perfect women hands. Yeah, I think there's something funny. I think there's something funny to exercise actually being bad for you. You know what I mean? So, it could be... um, like yeah, the running hurts your toes and all, and you lose toenails. And the aerial, you get bruised and all that, and calluses. So there, I think there's a funny angle to exercise actually being bad for you. But um, as I was just hearing you talk, and I, I can't believe I didn't ask this earlier. Uh, where exactly are you from? Germany. You're from Germany. Okay. And mm-hmm. how how did you get here? Um, I work for a German company over here. And it's the same German company that I worked for in Germany when I did my apprenticeship. And then after the apprenticeship, just um, transferred 
it over here, applied for a job here and got accepted. And then they helped me move over here. That was about nine years ago. Whoa. (laughs) So that, that stands out to me as something super interesting and unique to you that I, I think I would want to hear more about, like, I want to hear more about your story. So how you got here, I feel like you probably have some funny observations maybe about living in Germany versus living in America. So I think there's room for a Venn diagram there where you could compare and contrast the two cultures, the two living arrangements, you know, the food, the people, the music, uh, whatever it is, but you comparing and contrasting Germany and America, I think is something that only Micah could do. And I think that you could find a lot of funny material in. What do you think about that? Yeah, there was there was people before that told me like, oh, you should totally make jokes about you being German, and they always say, oh, there's so much material you could talk about, but then for me, it's like, okay, my mind just goes blank thinking about it, like, okay, what's actually funny? I mean, I guess, yeah, I could write down, like you said, the comparison in a diagram, which might help me actually see stuff that I didn't think about before, because just... Like, think about it right now, I'm like, okay, nothing really funny comes to my mind right now, but I guess if I would make, like, a list, mm-hmm. maybe that would probably, like, help me, like, oh, I didn't even think about this before, or, but right on top of my head, I'm like, okay, I don't really know anything funny right now. Yeah, and that's how a lot of my favorite jokes start, is they don't start out as funny, but they start out as interesting, and they become worth investigating. You know what I mean? It's like, eh. I mean, it's an interesting idea. I don't know what's funny about it yet. So that's when the, that's when the, the writing comes in, you know, that's when the grunt work comes in of you actually have to, you know, sit down and explore an idea and then take it and perform it on stage. So I think what could help and what helps me get the ball rolling, the Venn diagram is a great tool. Kind of like we did with the rats and kids, how, at first, there wasn't seemingly a connection, and then when we started talking about it and using the Venn diagram practice, we found a bunch of different comparisons, and that was just in a few minutes. So imagine if you sat down and did it for an entire page. So do the same thing with like Germany and USA. Do a Venn diagram with that, but even on a more simple level, just to get the ball rolling, I would recommend just doing a free writing exercise about uh, where you came from, how you ended up here, and how it's different here than in Germany. And free writing is literally just sitting down and just pretty much journaling. That's really what I look at free writing of just free. There's no real direction. There's no necessary angle or joke I'm trying to make. I'm just showing up to the page and clocking in that day and writing. And a lot of the times, my free writing is just sitting down and saying, oh, it's, it's 8 a.m. I don't want to be writing right now, but I know I should. So here I am sitting here just writing with my dog staring at me like, when are you going to take me on a walk? And then, yeah, well, I wish my wife would take him on a walk, but she actually has a real job. Unlike me, I'm a, I'm a comedian and stay-at-home dog dad. So now the idea evolved from in just a few lines from me saying I have nothing to write about, I'm sitting here in the morning, to now I found a potential idea 
just in free riding and having free direction. So that's an overview of free riding. But I think for you specifically in talking about Germany and America, just free riding about how you got here, what your experience is here, and just kind of letting letting the ideas flow. Don't try to but what's don't think, but what's funny about this and where's the punchline? First, just get it all out. Free write, yeah. fill up a page, and then or two pages, whatever, whatever momentum you feel. All right. I'm very low. I set a very low bar for my writing in that if I sometimes I'll write, I'll set a timer and just write for 10 minutes and boom, I wrote that day. Other times it grows to 30 minutes, an hour, whatever. But if I hit that 10 minutes, I'm totally cool for the day. So even if you just write a page about your experience and then go back and read it's always important when you free write, go back and read what you wrote, read that page, and then underline or circle anything that stands out to you that is interesting or that has the potential for a joke or that is funny. Go back. It could be a complete, it could be a sentence, it could be a short phrase, it could be a single word. But go back and circle the things that may be worth exploring more. So I think that's a great place to start for you in this kind of your experience here in America is just free write about it, really. Okay. Was that too much? Did I just word of the mouth vomit there? No, it was it was good information. Because <laughs> that's just one of my problems. It's just one of my problems when I start writing. I just wanted to be funny right at the beginning. I mean, I do write a lot of stuff where, it's like, like I said, it doesn't really seem funny yet. It's just written down experiences that I have to somehow make funny. But a lot of times I was like, okay, if I want to write it down, I want it to be funny right away. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, and that's, yeah, that's just the, that's the game of comedy. That's just the, the yeah. not even the game, that's the process. Is it's first having the idea and then just writing about the idea, taking that idea to the stage, seeing what feedback you get from the audience, and then take it back to the page rewrite it, re-explore it, keep building on it. But it really is that the symphony between writing off stage and then trying it on stage. That's where you start to find what's funny or not. But I you're not alone in wanting to write and then it's all just magically funny, but it is a process that just requires time. Does yeah, that does that make sense? That. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, and like you said, having the premise probably helps me a lot too because mm-hmm. like looking at all the stuff I've written and it's like okay that's not actually a premise like what am I actually trying to tell so I guess when I if I like start looking for that more it will probably help me like okay what am I actually trying to say yes. instead of just like telling a travel story with no plot and it's like okay where is this going exactly exactly that that's a great place to start on every joke or if a joke's not working asking yourself what is the premise of this joke what am i even trying to say great place to start yes premise oh that was yeah all right so whoa we got we got a lot out right there micah so just to um and remember I, i will send you the audio of this as well and um, just to kind of review what our topics are, at least at the moment, is 
you want to start writing more about your you have a rat that you treat like a child. That's that's a very fertile topic. And um the airplane how the whole funny thing about how they can act, kids can act one way, but then when you do it, you get looked at as a crazy person. Yeah. So so that's a whole funny thing that ties into the kids opinion as well which oh yeah also you not wanting kids because you love yourself too much and all don't you said i don't see kids fitting into my schedule which i think is just a hilarious line so it's kind of like the set we're working on at the moment is you not wanting kids and things like that be uh but you having a rat you adopted a, a rat and then kids on airplanes how you can't act like a child and then also your story of coming here to um, America and how you got here. Okay. So that's four topics already. Yeah. And I guess they all kind of relate to one another. Yeah, they all tie in. And also think about your set as like a first date. So in terms of you want to be a little more introductory up first. So you may want to open up with stuff about where you're from. What, what, cause people are going to hear your accent and then be like, Oh, where, where is she from? How did she get here? They're already going to be asking those questions. So talking about your experience coming from Germany to America, opening up and then getting into the stuff about not wanting kids and your pet rat and things like that, I think is a good flow for the set. But right now, if we were to say, homework would be you know doing a venn diagram about the rat and kids like comparing and contrasting rats and kids and free writing about um your experience coming from germany to america i think those are two very easily attainable kind of homework to follow up on next time but i'm not okay. trying to give you a homework micah but you know <laughs> comedy is work <laughs> I, I hate to bust anyone's bubble out there, but comedy is a job, and if you want it to be your job, you got to treat it like one. So when you said at the beginning of the set, I should like introduce myself. So one question I have is like, if I keep going to the same place and for an open mic, do I want to do the introduction thing every time? Because I feel like if the same people show up, eventually they will get tired of me telling the same story about how I moved here. Well, no, they're not going to get tired of it if it's different. So if you're going up there and saying the same thing word for word every single week, people will get tired of hearing it. But if you're going up there and trying to build that story and you're trying new punchlines and you're trying new angles on it, people will still be interested. So as long as you keep trying new stuff, people will keep listening and want to learn more and really want to become your fan because they see you actually actively working on your material. You're not one of those comics that does go up there and just regurgitate the same thing every week. But you're actually a comic who is putting in the work of trying new jokes and new tags every single week. So yeah, we, we can all get in our heads on that and turn that self kind of self doubt. But as long as you're trying new jokes within that story, it's you're golden. People are still going to listen and care and be invested in you. 
It's just it's just one thing I experienced because I usually go to the same places for open mics, mm-hmm. even if I just go listen, and then you kind of like get to know the people, and it's the same people usually that show up to talk, mm-hmm. and then you kind of like know their jokes, and then it's like okay, it's this joke again, and a lot of times I just sit down like okay, I've heard this like ten times, and you need to come up with something else. <laughs> I just don't want people like. Like, I see people that sign up and they go up and like, okay, I already know which joke you're going to talk about. And then they just talk about the exact same joke that I heard. And, I mean, they might have changed up a few words, but pretty much it's the same. And then I know I get tired of their jokes and I just don't want to be, like, be that person that I'm, I get tired of. Where it's like, okay, it's the same joke again. But, like you said, if I just, like, keep changing up punchlines or... Mm-hmm. Change yeah. it up. Make- and it is, and it's also um, like, is it mainly comics at that show? It's at usually just mic? like, yeah, it's usually just people. I mean, sometimes it's people that just like they just want to like try it just to do it. Some people are like, I guess, but more is serious. The, is but- the audience more um, comedians, or is it is it like an actual audience at the show? It's usually like a handful of people. Last time I went, it was about like maybe 10, 15 people that were just watching. Yeah. And um, it was about like, I think they had like maybe 12, 15 people on the list. But yeah, it's really so like those... mics where, you know, where you get to the end of the list and then most people already left. So, mm-hmm. and that open mic, the last one to perform actually was there. And it was like two people left in the audience listening. And then he was just kind of like, okay, I'm just going to talk some, I'll just talk about some random stuff, not actually my set, because there's only two people left in the audience, so why even bother telling jokes? So mm. it was kind of like, it was one of those places where, I guess, since so many people signed up, it got so late where some of the people in the audience were like, okay, it's getting late, and then just kind of left. So, um... But yeah, don't, was quite yeah, don't get your head on what people are doing or thinking. Just focus on Micah and what you're in control of. And you're in control of getting on stage, but also writing to make sure you're prepared for that stage. So just keep writing and trying new punchlines to your material, and people will keep listening. They won't clock out on you like you have with... We all know the open micers who just do the same stuff every time, but... It's a yeah, comedy is like a puzzle. So each week you try to enter at least one new piece into that puzzle. And then it'll add up to a finished piece by the end of it. Especially with you doing a class starting tomorrow, that's going to give you a deadline on having a set finished, you know, by a certain time when you do the graduation show. So that that's going to be great for you in building your writing momentum as well. But I think today we really I hope set you at least off in the right direction in terms of maybe topics to explore. Cause I even know you, you kind of had a couple loose ideas, but I hope you're leaving this session with like a, a confident grasp on, okay, maybe I have a more like honed in idea of what I want to talk about. Yeah, it really helped me. This session really was very useful. I mean, yes. I, I, I got a, bunch of nodes and Good. yeah it was actually it's a lot of information that will actually help me probably even in the class because I'm, I'm sure some people just join the class with like nothing they haven't done anything no notes no nothing so For sure 
Yeah, I'll be interested to hear how that class goes, too. I mean, just like the things y'all talk about and how it's helping your material and things. Because I've heard good things about that class. So I'll be interested to hear how how you grow in there. Yeah, I guess. I guess I'm taking it like for two reasons. The first is like, okay, get help in writing and better, being better prepared. And the other, the other reason is like you're already involved in the comedy zone. You have the showcase at the end, so the people up there already know you. And if they feel like, okay, we really like her stuff, they already know your name. So I guess it's easier to like get into the whole community and for sure, for sure. So that's like. Yeah. One of the reasons I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for you. I'm yeah, excited for people to hear this, too. Because yeah, you said I can't post this on Hot Breath, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, this is going to be helpful to a lot of comics out there. So I'm, thanks for yeah being willing to do that. And putting that on the record so you can't sue me in five years. <laughs> <laughs> so explore... Added into my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> But see, that's what's great about, that's why I do these Skype sessions to help comics find material that no one can steal. You know what I mean? It's like, what material is unique to you, Micah? And that you being from Germany and living here is unique to you. You having a pet rat is unique to you. You not wanting kids because they don't fit your schedule. Like, all these things are unique to you. So someone could listen to this and be like, ooh, I'm going to take that joke. It wouldn't be funny because it's not coming from a real, authentic, true place. But for yeah. you, it is, and it's going to work. That's why I'm excited. Nice. So, um, yeah, I'll send you the audio recording of this, but feel free to I mean, follow up with any questions as well or keep me, keep me posted on how the class is going, too. You know, I've, yeah. I always appreciate you. You've been so supportive okay. just of the Joel-averse and also hot breath-averse. So, I mean, anything I can do to help you along the way, Please, you know, we, we have each other's info, so let's keep in touch. I want to make sure to wear my shirt tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> are you? Yeah, wear your shirt tomorrow. Oh, that'll be so perfect. Oh, no, <laughs> Spreading the hot breath gospel out there. Oh, I, I appreciate you so much, Micah. That All is, right, thank you. Yeah, so um, follow up with any questions. Explore your experience moving here from Germany and kind of comparing contrast that and also exploring how your pet rat is your child. And uh, I look forward to following up with you. Any other, any questions? No, not right now. No. Cool. All right. Well, have a good day out there, Mike. I'll be posting this actually. uh, I'll post this tomorrow. Actually, let's get this out to the kids, you know, let's let them know that we out here working helping so i'm i'm excited and please people listening to this podcast feel free to reach out to uh to micah as well if you don't mind i mean if you want to start connecting with other comics micah um how how do you how do you pronounce your last name rame rame okay micah rame micah i said micah right right yes okay i I don't know if i was saying it this whole time and you're like oh he's saying it wrong but i don't want to Okay, Micah Rame. So contact her on social media if uh, you're listening to this and you find this helpful or you just, maybe you have a a funny tag to one of her jokes or whatnot. You know, connect with us all in that. We have a secret Facebook group called the Hot Breath Comedy Network. So go on Facebook, search that. 
Micah's in there along with other listeners from around the world. So go do that. Go pick up the Trophy Husband comedy special as well, like Micah and several of you have already done. But a lot of you have been meaning to, and you haven't done it yet. So go in the show notes, click on that link, order the special. Or also, just reach out to me if you want to do a Skype session. I'm happy to help all you comics out there so we can all get better together. So message me if you're looking to develop material to get ready for a festival or just explore new joke ideas like I did today with Micah. So Micah, thank you so much for joining what I think will be the first of maybe many hot breath episodes we do together. I have a good feeling about you there, kiddo. Mm -hmm. Thank you for doing this and all the helpful tips I got. It was really useful. I got a lot out of this one session. Good, good. All right, well, have fun in your class tomorrow, and uh, I'll see everyone online. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, Hot Breath of Verse. Real quick in this outro, if you found this episode helpful, reach out to Micah, let her know, share this with other comics. If you want to schedule your own Skype session or set review with me, if you've got a festival submission coming up or just want to find new punchlines, you can go into the show notes, click the link under book a session with Joel, or reach out to me on social media if you have any questions directly. But thank you so much for hanging out. I hope this was as helpful to you as it really was for Micah. And really, I always learn from these sessions as well. So I'd love to do one with you. So all that being said, let's get out of here. Get grinding this week, kids. Thank you to my wife, of course, for... I thank her at the end of all of these. So thank you, dear. And until next Monday, right here on... Hot Bread. <sighs> This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.